The following is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. Parking the Bus podcast can be followed on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Or if you have an Amazon Echo by simply saying, Alexa, play the Parking the Bus podcast. Don't forget to check out the show's homepage at www.parkingthebusmedia.com. What's up, PTB Nation? Oi, galera! How is everybody doing? And welcome to episode 40 of Parking the Bus here on the PTB Media Network. I am your host, as always, the Mr. Mike Agustinho. And in this episode, it's the long-awaited return of maybe my favorite league in all of world football. Yeah, you might be... You might be looking at me like i gone crazy. I ain't gone crazy. No. I love the Brasileiro. Yes, a lot of people look at me when I say that. But it's just so unpredictable. It's just such a fun league to watch, to follow. You never know what's going to happen. Maybe it's not the most tactically appeasing league in the world. Maybe not. But you know what? I love watching it. I love following it. you got some great players. You've got a great great mix of young and old you've got the great you know you got the legends of of yesterday playing in their late 30s and then you've got kids that are teenagers about to blow up on the scene all on the same pitch in the same league for various clubs every club has somebody on it to watch i love the brasileiro the drama the the suspense and once the crowds come back hopefully fingers crossed this season man there's nothing like it on planet earth and i can't wait to start talking about it this is a long-awaited return for me and i have to say it did not disappoint round one did not disappoint and we're gonna cover it all here in the next hour or so and get you ready for round two, which by the time you're listening to this, it's probably already kicked off. I do apologize. This has been an absolutely crazy week on so many levels for me, whether it's personal, whether it's professional, whether it's uh, podcasting-wise, football-wise. So much football to watch this week. Plus, I had so much work in my my day job and in my my early morning, uh, my early morning job. As you know, I have two of those. I have two jobs, and it's just been insane this week. But finally, here on a Friday night, here I am talking Brasileiro. So this episode will cover strictly round one of the Brasileiro Asai 2021, and there's so much that will need to be covered. I'll have a little bit of news as well, and why don't I just do that right now? I'll get the news out of the way right now. The news is, of course, that. Copa America will now be hosted in Brazil. Okay, that's because Comnebol first pulled it from Colombia on May the 20th due to to political unrest and just uh, security questions, security concerns, I should say. And it was withdrawn from Colombia. Ten days later, the Argentine FA withdrew their hosting rights of the Copa America due to staggering COVID-19 rates in Argentina. And Comedy Ball had to quickly pivot 
and they leaned on the last host and the nation that recently hosted a World Cup as well. They leaned on Brazil. How will that affect the Brasileiro, you might ask? Well, not all that much because they're using mostly stadiums not used in the Brasileiro. And guess what? The Brasileiro is not stopping for Copa America this year. It's not stopping for World Cup qualifying. World Cup qualifying, we're in the midst of it right now in South America. There'll be an episode on that later on um, maybe at the end of the weekend or early next week to review those results. But yeah, Brasileiro this season is not stopping for anybody. Uh, some teams are upset because their players have been pulled. Flamengo especially affected by this with so many internationals in the side. Uh, whether it be Brazilian, Uruguayan, Chilean. There, there's so many internationals uh, playing for Flamengo that they're, they're not happy with, with that. And they're really not happy with Brazil manager Teach for, for calling in so many Flamengo players to the Brazil team. But that is the way it goes in international football sometimes. And the clubs sometimes are swept aside. Of course, in Europe, we always have those international breaks when the when the national teams meet there's a lot of talk about wanting that here in the United States with Major League Soccer as well it isn't there yet but the idea that Major League Soccer is the only league that does not stop for international windows is absurd um it's just inaccurate because the Brasileiro and the Argentine Copa de la Liga and the Argentine uh Primera Liga are also in the same boat they are playing through them uh some of that is probably probably uh, due to fixture congestion into the calendar. And this Brasileiro, my friends, if you've never followed this league, get in, strap on that seatbelt and get ready because this is going to be a wild ride. We are not going the speed limit. <laughs> Let me tell you, the Brasileiro does not obey posted speed limits. No, we're going to play 38 rounds over the next six months. Plus, you can mix in Copa do Brasil, Copa Libertadores, and Copa Sudamericana in there as well. There are a ton of matches to, to play. There'll be a ton of matches to talk about each and every week here on the Brazilian edition of the Parking the Bus podcast, which starting this week will be a live stream on Sunday nights, of course, with Euro 2020 coming up. That's also gonna gonna conflict a little bit, so I'm not sure what time the Brasileirão roundup will will live stream. But we I will stream it every weekend. Okay, that is something that's gonna be a regularly scheduled program here on the PTB Media Network as part of the Park in the Bus podcast, and it'll be in your podcast feed every Monday morning. Speaking of Copa America, you guys have asked. I've received messages. I've received inbox. Uh, you know, tweets to my inbox and whatnot. You 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 hear me talking about Euro 2020 so much, and yes, I'm going all in on that. But don't worry, don't worry. you know the Mister loves South American football, and I will be covering Copa America as well as best as I possibly can. I don't know how I'm going to pull this off. Like I said, there is going to be tons of content to create over the next 30 or so days, 35 days or so where we stand right now at the time of recording. But I'm I'm not going to be doing daily Copa America shows, but there will be regular programming in relation to Copa America, regular, you know, match reviews, result reviews, opinion shows, something along those lines, and I will be with it. And, and don't you hurry, the weekend of July the 10th and July the 11th, we have two finals, two massive finals in the same weekend on Saturday, July the 10th. It'll be the Copa America final on Sunday, July the 11th, the Euro 2020 final. This is just an absurd, insane summer of football here. But it's great when you live in the Northern Hemisphere here in North America like we do because you get the Euros during the day in the Copa America at night. And it's just so much football. Everybody's going to get their fill. Not to mention CONCACAF Gold Cup at the end of all of this starting July 15th. Uh, not sure yet what the coverage schedule will be for that. But details obviously will be released as they become available as my schedule starts to... Uh, Maybe give me some hints as to what it will look like at that point. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break here on Parking the Bus, episode 40. And when we come back, we're going to get right into round one of the Brasileiro. This is the Parking the Bus podcast, episode 40. The Mr. Mike Agustinho, your host. So follow me right now on Twitter and on Instagram at PTB underscore media. That's right. That's at PTB underscore media. We'll be right back. UEFA Euro 2020 this summer here on the Park in the Bus podcast. Welcome back to episode 40 of Parking the Bus. Welcome back to our review of the Brasileiro. Round 1 finishing off the news about Copa America though first. Uh, the stadiums in play, I had said that most of them are not are not Brasileiro stadiums, which allows the league to continue to go on. The Maracanã, of course, is the site for the final on July the 10th, but that is the only match scheduled to take place at the mythical Estadio do Maracanã in Rio de Janeiro, home, of course, to Flamengo and Fluminense. So um, originally there had been talk about them having to move matches uh, we'll see. We'll see where these matches are played. Um, the, there was talk also of moving Flamengo's matches precisely to Brasilia, where they like to play. They like to play there from time to time. But Brasilia is one of the four other locations hosting the Copa América. So here are the four stadiums, other than the Maracanã, to host. They're going to host the bulk of the matches here in the Copa America 2021. Not rebranded. I mean, I should say it is rebranded. Unlike the Euro, which is keeping its 2020 name, Copa America just adds a one at the end and calls it 2021 this time. So here is where they're going to play. There will be matches in the in Rio de Janeiro. And in Rio de Janeiro, they will play at the Engenhão or the Olympic Stadium, as it was known during the 20, uh, the 2016 Summer Olympics. Officially, the Stadio Nilton Santos. All right, there. So the Rio matches outside of the final will take place there. Also, we just talked about in Brasilia, there will be matches played at the Stadio Nacional Mané Garincha, as well as in Cuiabá in the Arena Pantanal. And lastly, in Goiânia, in the Estadio Olímpico of Goiânia. So that is where Copa América will be taking place. And it shouldn't disrupt the Brasileiro any more than just taking a bunch of players away. But as far as match play and as far as the fixture list, it should not interrupt all that much. All right, let's get into round one then. It kicked off last Saturday, May the 29th, and it started off... With an absolute gem of a match, two promoted sides, two sides that if you, unless you follow these clubs or you follow the Brazilian Serie B, you're not going to go anything about. But it, it was a real fun match to watch. We had Cuiaba, Cui, sorry, Cuiaba hosting Juventude of Minas Gerais, Juventude Mineiro, and that match would finish two to two. And it would be Cafu opening the scoring in the 30th minute for the gold and green side. And then 13 minutes later, Wesley would draw level for Juventud in the in the 45th plus two, just before the halftime whistle. Peixoto would put the visitors ahead going in to the locker room at halftime. But then two minutes from full time, it was Elton leveling once again. Cuiabá take a point. So do Juventud. Both teams, both promoted sides, getting their first point in their debut in the Brasileiro. Man of the match on this one, according to Mob, was Clayson of Cuiabá. And he had... An assist on the goal in the 30th minute to Cafu. And just had an overall good match. Later on that Saturday at the Morombi. What looked like was going to be a very exciting matchup between two strong teams. Ended up disappointing a little bit. It's São Paulo taking on Fluminense. 
and it is a nil a nil draw with Fluminense's Nene missing a penalty kick in the 29th minute. That will cost them points, at least two of them, as the two teams share the spoils in this one. São Paulo goalkeeper Thiago Volpi, the man of the match in that match, as each team takes a point. And then we move to perhaps one of the big results of the weekend, and this one was a bit surprising, but it certainly would open up a lot of eyes and we travel then to the state of Bahia, the city of Salvador. And it is Bahia taking on Santos. Remember Santos, last year's Copa Libertadores finalist. Okay, their manager, they have a new manager now, Cuca, uh, no longer their manager. Instead, and now they are managed by Fernando Denis. And here is what Fernando Denis sent out as his 11 for this match in a 4-3-3 formation. The goalkeeper is João Paulo. Uh, his four across the back, Pará, the right back. Kaiki and Luan Pérez are the center back pairing with Felipe Jonathan, the left back in this one. The three in midfield anchored by Alisson in the number six in the hole with Gabriel Pirani. To his right and Jean Mota to his left. The trio d'attaque has Caio Jorge, the striker, um, in the in the lead role with Lucas Braga to his left and Marinho to his right. For the home side, Bahia, managed by Dado Calvalcanti. He he sends out a 4-3-3 as well. The goalkeeper is Mateus Klaus. Four across the back, Renan Gedge on the right. Former Benfica player Germán Conti in the center along with Juninho. And Mateus Bahia is very appropriately named. Mateus Bahia is the left back. Three in midfield. Patrick is the holding midfielder with Tysiano on his right and Daniel Zinho on his left. Up front, it is the striker Gilberto with Rodriguinho to his left and Rossi to his right. We go through the match now and we'll look at the ticker quickly. And again, a very, very surprising, I won't say shocking, but surprising result, especially in match day one. But it started kind of slow as neither team really got going too much in the beginning. Uh, the first good attempt of the match in the 16th minute, Marinho for Santos has his left-footed shot from outside the box blocked by Germán Conti. And then it would be the home side starting to pick up speed, starting to pick up some momentum. Taisiano in the 25th with an effort on goal. Uh, he wins a free kick in his defensive half in the 30th. Um, fouled by Allison. A corner kick is is later surrendered by Daniel Zinho of Bahia, but nothing comes of it as the attempt is missed by Jean Mota of Santos. Left-footed shot from outside the box and misses to the left. In the 35th, it's Rossi trying to get going for Bahia. He's taken down by Luan Perez. Rossi again winning a foul a minute later down the right wing this time, and this time fouled by Felipe Jonathan, and fast forward just a little bit, and we get a corner a little bit later, but it is dealt with by the Santos back line. In the 40th minute, Bahia looked to be going in on a dangerous play, but Rossi, uh, actually Rossi connects a through ball into space, but Rodriguinho is whistled for offside. The assistant referee's flag goes up. In the 41st minute, we have our first booking as it goes to Patrick of Bahia. He's shown the yellow card for a bad foul on Caio Jorge. And that will take us to... Actually, no, we have another attempt before the halftime whistle. And it is Santos again, and it is Marinho again. Left-footed shot from the center of the box. Saved in the bottom right corner. A very good effort set up by Lucas Braga. But Santos unable to take the lead. Then it all changes as 
We do get to the halftime whistle, nil-nil, but as soon as we come out for the second half, it changes. It's the 46th minute, and it is the home side, Bahia, and it is Taisiano who makes the difference here in the 46th minute, and Taisiano has a right-footed shot from very close range to the center of the goal. The assist goes to Rossi, and Bahia are in the lead early in the second half. And they don't stop there. In the 48th minute, uh, Felipe Jonathan would win a free kick on the left wing, but the restart would be squandered. And here come Bahia once again in the 48th. Still in the 48th, I should say. And it is Taisiano once again. Right-footed shot from the center of the box. Just absolutely slammed into the bottom right corner. And Bahia are ahead 2-0. Another assist for Rossi on the play. And Bahia still not done. This was in <laughs> this was a seven minute fury. And this time it is Juninho for Bahia. The substitute gets a goal here. Assisted by Daniel Zinho. 52nd minute. It's a header from the center of the box. 3-0 to the home side. As they would see the result out. A very impressive one for Bahia. The closest Santos would get would be in the 68th minute, and it is Marinho again. Right-footed shot from outside the box, but it is high and wide to the right as Santos completely come apart. Bahia see out the result. Three points to the home side, and that was the, the match of the day on Saturday, no doubt. Moving to Sunday, another upset in this one at the Mineiro in Bel Horizonte. It is Atlético Mineiro, the new the team that is now managed by the former Santos manager, Cuca. And they lose at home to upstart Fortaleza. 2-1, to one, a big result for Fortaleza as they travel down to the Mineiro. And they get three points from one of the legitimate title contenders. Also on Saturday, Sierra at home to Grêmio. And Grêmio is a club that I'm expecting a big season from for the mere reason that they are not in Copa Libertadores this year. And they always drop a ton of points because of squad rotation. And Grêmio playing in Copa Sudamericana rather than Copa Libertadores this year. They, they strolled through the group stage of the Copa Sudamericana. I expected them to come flying into the Brasileirão there. Renato Gaúcho is gone. Okay, Thiago Nunes is the new manager. But but they don't get the Brasileirão season started very well. Uh, traveling to Sierra and losing to Sierra. 3-2 to two is the final here. Goals from Kleber, Rick, and Jorginho on the Sierra side. Kleber scoring in the 37th. Rick in the 43rd, and Jorginho in the 90th plus 4. Grêmio would get two of their own. It'd be Vanderson in the 45th plus 5 at the end of the first half. And then another one on the other side of halftime, four minutes into the second half, 49th minute. Ricardinho made it. He actually actually made it 2-2 at that time. But then in the 90th plus 4, Sierra steal the three points at home against one of the contenders, against a team I was expecting a lot from, and it's not the start that the Tricolor would like this season, but it is Sierra with three points. Three to two, your final there. The next match at the Maracanã. This is a big one, and I'm a, this is a big one. This is the champions versus the Copa Libertadores winners. For the Copa Libertadores champions, a rematch of the Supercopa do Brasil because Palmeiras, in addition to winning the Copa Libertadores, won the Copa do Brasil last season. And Flamengo hosted them in round one. Let's look at the lineups for these two teams. This match, of course, taking place at the Maracanã. We'll start with Abel Ferreira's 
Palmeiras side, the Portuguese manager sends out his goal sends out uh, three five two. His goalkeeper is of course uh, Weverton, one of the heroes of last season. Three man backline: Luan Garcia, Gustavo Gomez, and Alan Imperior. Five across the midfield. The wing back is Gabriel Menino, a player I am so so high on, but a player. With a crucial, crucial mistake in this one that ended up making all of the difference. The left-sided wingback is Matias Vigna. The three central midfielders. Felipe Melo, the longtime veteran in the middle of the park. Anchoring with Patrick to his left and Rafael Vega to his right. The attackers, the strike tandem of Ronnie and Luis Adriano for Flamengo. Uh, Rogério Seni sends out a 4-2-3-1, a formation I like very much. Diego Alves is the goalkeeper, of course. Mauricio Mauricio Isla, the Chile international, is the right back. The center back pairing, as it has been most of the season, um, and and in the tail end of last season as well, it is William Arão and Rodrigo Caio with Felipe Luiz as the left back. Double pivot in midfield, Gerson and the timeless Diego Teaming up there, Diego, the captain, of course. Three attacking midfielders in front of them. Georgian Dahascaeta in the number 10 position. Everton Ribeiro to his right. Bruno Henrique to his left. And the striker on this one is Pedro, who's starting in place of Gabi Gol. As Gabi Gol has some gastrointestinal discomfort and is going to be sidelined for a little bit here. Um, of course, he is the, one of the key, key players in this Flamengo side. And the match was very, very tactical. Okay, this match this, this match was, I thought this was a high level of tactics. For, for anyone who says that uh, it's a poor tactical game in the Brasileirão, they, they didn't watch this match as the two teams were basically playing chess out there and canceling each other out. But uh, we'll move through some of the key moments here. As I have the ticker up, and we'll look at it in the first half. Still, 11th minute, and it is Pedro with the left-footed shot from a difficult angle on the left, saved in the bottom left corner by Weverson. The uh, Hascaeta with the setup play on that one, as Weverton concedes the corner with the save, but it is a nice save for the Brazilian goalkeeper, and... Pedro is a player um, that's very interesting. I thought, and he didn't get much credit for this, but I thought he was absolutely crucial last year. Remember, for long stretches of the season, Gabi Gol was unavailable, or he was out of form. He was not playing well. Pedro, every time he is called on, comes up big just about every time for this team. He scored a number of goals last season, both as a starter and as a substitute off of the bench. And again, he he was a key member in this match, a key figure for the champions as they look to make it three in a row this season. They're looking for title number nine, and they're looking for three in a row. And in the... 17th minute now, it is Palmeiras, it's the Verdão with an opportunity, and it's Luis Adriano, left-footed shot from very close range, but it is saved by Diego Alves, a big save as he puts it over for a corner. We move ahead now after a few fouls, and we move ahead about 10, about 10 minutes, so we're, we're in the 24th minute to be exact, and it is... Dahascaeta with the right-footed shot from outside the box, and it's saved in the bottom right corner by Weverton. A very, very nice play here for Flamengo as they combined well in midfield and created the space for the Uruguayan Dahascaeta to get his opportunity. One minute later, and the opportunity is at the other end, and it is Palmeiras. Rafael Vega, left-footed shot from a difficult angle. Long range on the left, but it is saved in the bottom right corner by Diego Alves. A nice save for the goalkeeper. Nice setup play as well for Palmeiras from Matias Vinha. Diego Alves uh, averts averts the ball from crossing the goal line and keeps the match at nil nil. In the 29th, it's it's Palmeiras again. 
Left-footed shot from the right side of the box. Misses just left. Gabriel Menino, my man. Gabriel Menino, a guy, I like I said, I'm so high on this kid. I am waiting for this kid to get scooped up and to go to Europe and to become a household name. I love his game. And, um, yeah, we will, uh, we'll have to go over his, his crucial mistake later. But plays with so much just enthusiasm and so much positivity. Here he, he makes a nice play down the right side, fires a left-footed shot, but he misses just to the left after combining with Rafael Vega. Gabriel Menino with the chance again. He plays the through ball in in the 29th, but this time Ronnie was offside. In the 30th, Pedro wins a foul against Gustavo Gomez and... It breaks up the the momentum a little bit that Palmeiras was carrying. Um, Rogério Ceni yelling instructions to his players. He's losing a little bit of patience in this one. It's amazing that we get maybe the best two teams in the league right off in the first round. I do think these two teams are going to be head-to-head, neck-and-neck for much of the 38 rounds. And this this match was was really... A, a joust match here between these two very good teams. In the 33rd minute, Palmeiras with another opportunity. Left-footed shot from outside the box by Alan Imperor. And it was blocked this time by Rodrigo Caio. Uh, Felipe Melo is in the play there as he tries to set up his teammate for an opportunity. Three minutes later, the Verdão again. Palmeiras. Right-footed shot from outside the box from Ronnie. Saved in the top center of the goal by Diego Alves. He puts it out for a corner. And another opportunity off of the corner. And it is Alan Imperor who gets on a right-footed shot on the right side of the box following the corner. But it's just too high. We move ahead to the 45th. Plus the 45th minute, and Pedro this time with the with an opportunity. Everton Ribeiro with the ball down the right, plays it into space for Pedro. Pedro from the center of the box fires a right-footed shot, but it is just wide to the left. Referee blows his whistle for half time. In the first minute of the second half, Bruno Henrique with the chance, right-footed shot from the center of the box, just a bit too high for. The 2019 Copa Libertadores player of the tournament. His stock was at an all-time high at that point. It's dropped off a little, and he's going to look to to rebuild his stock this season in this Brasileiro. I'm, I'm expecting Bruno Henrique to really start to pick it up. He is a player, though. They talk about it a lot on, on the Coluna do Fla channel on YouTube and in podcasting. They cover Flamengo very, very closely, and they talk about... Bruno Henrique is one of these players whose level is always uh, determined by the level of the match and how much the match matters, if you will. As they point, they're quick to point out that in the, in these last three Copa Libertadores matches, after Flamengo had all but guaranteed their passage with winning the first three, uh, Bruno Henrique has dropped off a little bit. And in a match this past week, you know, um, or I should say the week before the match we're talking about here in the Copa Libertadores playing um, playing against Liga de Quito at home, a match that didn't mean anything to Flamengo because they had already qualified. Bruno Henrique was at an all-time low point for him thus far uh, this season. But he gets another opportunity here in the 50th. It's, it's a setup from Gerson Gerson. Finds Bruno Henrique just outside the box. It's a right-footed shot, but it is saved in the bottom right corner by Weberton. Another great save. Both goalkeepers in top form for this match. And in the 52nd, Flamengo again, an attempt missed. This time it is Pedro with the header from the right side of the six-yard box, and he misses just to the right. And he was set up by none other than the previously aforementioned Bruno Henrique. In the 53rd, the referee goes to his book, and Matias Vinha of Palmeiras is shown a yellow card for a bad foul on Everton Ribeiro. Abel 
will go to the bench in the 54th minute, and off comes Felipe, Felipe Melo. On comes Danilo for Palmeiras. 54th minute, still another attempt for Flamengo. They've taken over control of the momentum and taken over control of the tempo of the match here. And it is the Hascaeta once again, right-footed shot from outside the box, but saved yet again by Weverson in the bottom left corner. 57th minute, and Patrick goes in the referee's book this time for a yellow card. That's two yellow cards to Palmeiras. He's called for a foul on Diego. And Pedro wins a free kick two minutes later. He's fouled by Gustavo Gomez. And off the free kick, it is Georgian Dajascaeta with the right-footed shot. But it is blocked. It is into the wall. We move forward. Another substitution for... It's a double substitution. Actually, a triple substitution for Abel Ferreira in the 60th minute. On comes Gustavo Scarpa. Replacing Rafael Vega. Zé Rafael replaces Patrick. While Wesley replaces Luis Adriano. And in the 69th minute. This time it's Flamengo with the opportunity. This match is starting to go back and forth here. Rodrigo Caio gets on the end of a cross from the Hascaeta on a set piece. After Diego was taken down for a, a foul deep in the... Attacking in down the right wing. Uh, the Hascaeta with the set piece delivers it into the mixer. Rodrigo Cayo gets a header on it from very close range, but it is saved in the bottom left corner. What a match Weverton played in this one for Palmeiras. In the 72nd minute, another yellow card to Palmeiras as Mauricio Isla wins a foul down the right wing. He is fouled hard by Wesley. And Wesley Ribeiro goes into the referee's book for a yellow card. Finally, in the 74th minute, though, the deadlock is broken. I talked about him a few moments ago, and he comes up big again. That's right. It is Pedro, the utility guy, the guy you can lean on when Gabi Gol is unavailable. Pedro gets a right-footed shot from very close range into the bottom right corner. But all the work on this one was done by Bruno Henrique as he does a, a slight body simulation, a little bit of a hesitation, and he finds his way past the suddenly flat-footed Gabriel Menino. A big mistake for the wingback, and there was nobody in behind. And with Gabriel, with uh, Bruno Henrique, excuse me, Bruno Henrique's pace, Nobody was able to catch up for him. He slides it across the face of goal. And Pedro delivers. He gets on the end. Finishes it. 1-0 to the Mingo. The Nassau Rubu Negra is on its feet wherever they were watching. All around Brazil and all around the world. Including in my living room. As Flamengo take the lead there in the 74th minute. Another substitution for Palmeiras in the 75th. Victor Luiz replaces Matias Binha, while one minute later, Rogério Ceni finally goes to the bench, a somewhat gassed Flamengo side. Uh, some players are a little bit gassed out as he injects a little bit of life and a little bit of freshness into the match. It's Vicinho replacing Everton Ribeiro, and Flamengo dominating possession a little bit here, but finally... Palmeiras are able to get an attack going, but it is missed. Gustavo Scarpa has a left-footed shot from outside the box. Very hopeful and way too high. 79th minute, and it's Flamengo looking to double their lead. Vicinho, the substitute, with a left-footed shot from outside the box. Saved in the center of the goal by, of course, Weverton once again. And he keeps it 1-0. We move in, and the referee will pull a card in the 81st minute. The first one to go to Flamengo, as it is Rodrigo Caio going in the book for a foul on Wesley. 83rd minute, Victor Luiz with an opportunity for Palmeiras. Left-footed shot from outside the box. High and wide, though, following a set piece after that foul. 
Rogério Ceni with a double substitution, sorry, triple substitution, double substitution now in the 86th. On comes Michael, out comes Georgian de Hascaeta, and also on comes Hugo Moura in place of the captain, Diego. 87th minute, and it is Michael. He just stepped on the pitch, and he has a great opportunity to double the lead. But his left-footed shot from the center of the box is saved once again by Weverton in the bottom left corner. Bruno Mujiki tries to double the lead in the 89th. Left-footed shot from the left side of the box saved in the top center of the goal. And another substitution for Rogério Ceni for Flamengo in the 90th plus one. As it's a tactical one here, the striker comes off. Pedro replaced by... Rodrigo Muniz. And one of the final chances here. A couple of final chances, I should say. 90th plus two. It's Ronnie, the very talented, well-touted striker for Palmeiras. Gets a header from the center of the box, but he heads it high and wide. After getting on the end of a cross from Victor Luiz. Two minutes later, it's Gabriel Menino again. Right-footed shot from outside the box, and it is close. But it misses just left. As uh, Diego Alves may have been beaten on that one had it hit the frame. And that would be it. Vitinho would go into the book in the 90th plus 5 for a little bit of time wasting. But the referee ultimately blows his whistle. 90 plus 6. Full time. Flamengo with a massive 3 points against the direct rival for the title in the first match of the season. Rogério Ceni is going to be happy to take it. Flamengo not playing in round two. That match is postponed. Their match with Grêmio. So it was all that much more important for the Mengo to come away with the three points. Solid result. Early season performance. But especially coming on the back end of a Copa. It's sandwiched between a Copa Libertadores. You know, match day six. And a first leg of a Copa do Brasil tie. So, good, good result for Flamengo there. Elsewhere, Atlético Paranaense versus América Mineiro. And Atlético Paranaense with the victory here. 1-0. And it was a goal scored by Eduardo in the 88th minute. Given Portuguese manager, another Portuguese manager, uh, Antonio Tony Oliveira Jr., uh, his first win in the Brasileirão as a manager. Uh, he also has guided Atlético Paranaense through an impressive group stage in the Copa Sudamericana. He, of course, is the son of legendary Benfica manager Tony. Uh, same name. His father went simply as Tony. He was a player and a manager. Um, and the two coached together, actually, as, as Tony Jr. was his father's assistant when they were managing in Iran in the Persian Gulf League. And um, then Tony Jr. was brought in by another tie to Benfica, by former manager Apollo Autori. Uh, the Brazilian manager brought Tony Jr. in as an assistant and then Paulo Autori has moved into the director's position as he has named his former assistant, Antonio Oliveira Jr., his successor as the manager. And it is a solid performance from Pedro Henrique in this match, a 7.7 rating on FOTMOB. He was the man of the match for Atletico Paranaense moving along. Chapecoense, a place, a club that everyone has a place for in their hearts. You all know what happened to this club not long ago. Great that they have been promoted back to the Serie A after having been relegated two seasons ago. They are back, but they are not welcomed back with open arms, unfortunately. At home against Red Bull Bragancino. And let me tell you, this Red Bull Bragancino team, I am so so high on this season. I'm expecting big things. They advanced in the Copa Sudamericana. Last year was their first season in the Brasileirão Serie A after having been promoted. And then the merger with Red Bull came. And I think that Red Bull is going to build a powerhouse here in Brazil just like they did in Germany. And to And to be honest, it takes a lot less financial investment in Brazil to build a strong team. 
And I think the financial state of a lot of these clubs in Brazil is is tough right now. Of course, still playing in empty stadiums, like we said. Um, and I think that plays into Bragantino's favor, of course, because they have the financial backing of the monster. Red, I shouldn't say monster. That's their rival of the of the giant Red Bull Corporation um, in the Red Bull Sports brand. Of course, sister club of RB Leipzig in Germany, uh, Red Bull Salzburg in Austria, New York Red Bull in Major League Soccer. So there is a family of clubs there that all can move players amongst them at low cost. And I think you're going to see more of that. And I really think Red Bull are going to build a very, very strong team here in Brazil. The same way they built up Leipzig to be a powerhouse in the Bundesliga. They get off to a great start in this Brasileirão season. 3-0 winners on the road at Chapecoense. And the man of the match is the former Famalicão and uh, current current Loney from French side Nantes. Player Lucas Evangelista, a guy I have seen play quite a bit due to his ties to the Portuguese league in the past. He was an 8.7 rating on FOTMOB here as uh, Red Bull Bragantino would get goals from Italo in the 33rd, Lucas Evangelista in the 35th, and then from Elio Junio in the 74th. Lucas Evangelista with a goal and an assist in this one. Three points to Red Bull. And again, watch for them. I expect them to qualify for the Copa Libertadores this season. Uh, I expect them to be in the top seven in the Brasileirão. That's my bold prediction of the season. I also expect uh, the club we just talked about, Atlético Paranaense, to really push for a top seven spot as well. So it'll be very interesting to see Um where this all shakes up as this season will fly by. Trust me, much of the season will be two matches per week. And before you know it, we will be in December and we'll be crowning a new Brasileiro champion as we move along. And it is Corinthians at home to Atlético Goianense. Corinthians, a disappointing, disappointing season last year, finishing very, very low in the table, just out of the relegation spots and then having a a just poor showing in the Copa Sudamericana earlier as they just concluded their group stage eliminated and here in minute 45 they surrender to Atlético Goianense it is Zé Roberto with the goal assisted by João Paulo and Corinthians can do nothing about it in the 63rd minute. They have their opportunity, but Matheus Vital misses the penalty kick, and the result would be seen out by the visitors as Atlético Goianense take three points on the road at the Arena Corinthians. And lastly, another exciting matchup that I watched on Sunday night, the last match of the round. It is last year's runner-up, Internacional, also known as Inter Porto Alegre, hosting Sport Recife, and Internacional gets off to a phenomenal start in this one. Of course, they are managed by, they have a new manager this season. It is Miguel Angel Ramirez, 36-year-old Spanish manager. His introduction to Brasileirão. Here against Sparch Hasif. Here's the, the lineups for the two teams. Starting with Sparch Hasif. Mylson is the goalkeeper. They're playing 4-2-3-1 for their manager, Humberto Lozer. Uh, four across the back. The right back is Heiner. Rafael Tere is the center back along with Sabinho. And Sander is the left back. Double pivot in midfield. Ricardinho partnering with Marco. Three attacking midfielders in front of them. Paulinho down the right, Thiago Neves in the center, and Junior on the left, playing behind the striker, Mikael. For the heavily favored Internacional side, Marcelo Lomba is the goalkeeper. They're playing 4-3-3. Renzo Saravia is the right back, Lucas Ribeiro and Victor Cuesta. The center backs, Moisés, the left back, three in midfield. Rodrigo Lindoso anchoring with Mauricio to his left. Elgenilson to his right in the the attack in the front. Uh, Caio on the right. Yuri uh, Alberto, 
in the striker role, and then one of their big signings in the offseason, former Shakhtar Donetsk star Tyson. Um, he is playing as a right-sided forward, and Tyson, not one of the Brazilian, not one of the naturalized Brazilians on Shakhtar Donetsk. If you ever watch Shakhtar Donetsk play either in the Europa League, the Champions League, or in the Ukrainian League, there are almost all Brazilian players, but about five or six of them naturalized Ukrainians, and there are about five or six Brazilian-born players playing for the Ukraine. Tyson was the best out of all of them, but Tyson... Not in the in obviously not a Ukrainian citizen, so not in their national team. He's 33 years old now, but he comes at a market value of 8.3 million dollars U.S. Uh, big big signing for Internacional. He takes the place, of course, of of Inter's longtime Argentine star Andreas Delasandro. So. It gets off to a good start for Internacional in the 19th minute. It is Eden Nielsen uh, from the penalty spot, making it 1-0 to the Colorado 44th minute. Right before the halftime whistle, it was Lindozu, Rodrigo Lindozu, that is, making it 2-0, and it looked like it was going to be an easy night for Internacional at their home, Beta Rio Stadium. But then things turned around in a flash, 62nd minute, referee points to the spot and up steps Thiago Neves for Sports Recife. And Thiago Neves converts the penalty kick. It's now 2-1, to one, a little over 25 minutes to play. And Sport would, would push, they would believe, and they would... Start to push Internacional back a bit. And then in the 90th minute, they are rewarded. It is the substitute, Andrea, off of the bench. He makes it 2-2. Two to two, And Sports Hasif go to Rio Grande do Sul. They go to Porto Alegre and steal a point, costing the Colorado two points. Remember, they lost the title last year by one point. Um, they had it in their hands, but then lost the final match. Had they won that final round 38 match, they would have been champions because Flamengo also lost in round 38. So they're trying to come back from that, trying to recover from that, and they don't get the start that they wanted after it looking so promising for Internacional. That is the 10 matches in Brasileirão. For round number one, let's go to the sofa score here. We'll go down the table quickly. The league leaders right now, it's shared by Bahia and Bragantino. They're each, in uh, in addition to winning and getting the three points, they each won 3-0. They have the tiebreaker right now uh, with a plus three goal difference. Sierra right now sits in third, also on three points. With a with three goals scored and two allowed, a plus one goal difference, but three goals scored. Fourth is Fortaleza with a 2-1 victory, also on three points. And then you have Atlético Goianense, Atlético Paranaense, and Flamengo rounding out the top seven. All seven of those teams victorious on match day one. Eighth place right now, Cuiabá after a draw at home to Juventud. Internacional in Sport, Hesif also in in ninth and sorry in tenth and eleventh place on one point and in twelfth and thirteenth the other two teams that drew that's of course Fluminense and São Paulo Grêmio fourteenth on zero points um, Atlético Mineiro América Mineiro Corinthians Palmeiras. Chapecoense and Santos rounding out the table right now. Santos and Chapecoense in the basement at the bottom of the table with a negative three goal difference. Okay, let's look at the team of the week according to SofaScore. This is the Brasileiro team of the week for round one. The goalkeeper is... Fernando Miguel of Atlético Goianense. He had an 8.7 rating according to... To Sofa score, the four across the back. Pikachu, the right back for Fortaleza, is is in there. You have 
Fab- Fabrizio Bruno of Red Bull Bragantino and Juninho of Bahia. And then Egidio of Fluminense is the left back. Two mid, two holding midfielders or a double pivot selected for this week. Lucas Evangelista and Thais Ciano. Sorry, Thais Ciano are the two in that in that pivot midfield position. Three attacking midfielders in front of them. Red Bull Bragantino's Arthur on the right. Jorginho of of Sierra as in the number 10 position as the attacking center midfielder. Claudinho, one of my favorite players in this league, as the left-sided midfielder for Red Bull Bragancino. And the striker this week in the team of the week is none other than Rossi of Bahia. Uh, he picks up a very good 8.2 rating. That is the team of the week. That is the table. Let's quickly... Browse the top goal scorers in after one round, of course. And there are two players with two goals. It's Iago Pikachu of Fortaleza and Taisiano of Bahia. Those are the two leading the table right now in goal scoring. All right, guys, that wraps up. That puts a bow on round one of Brasileirão 2021. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope it was informative for you. On Sunday, I will be back. And like I said, there will be video. You'll be able to watch it on the PTB Media Network's Twitter page as well, or a Twitter feed, I should say, as well as on the uh, YouTube channel for the PTB Media Network and, of course, at www.parkinthebusmedia.com. Don't forget to go over there to www.parkinthebusmedianetwork.com and check out the content. All right, there's there's a, there's some old episodes, some old uh, podcast episodes you can listen to in the podcast player right on the website. Okay, there's links at the bottom to all of the social media as well. And you can always um, send a comment or a message through the website. It There is a place for that. And you can see it in the Contact Us tab, okay, on the website. Now, a little bit of programming note coming your way. All right, still a lot of content to go. I'll be catch. I'll be all caught up by the end of the weekend. That is my hope. So tomorrow I will be catching you up to date on the on the Copa, or I should say the Liga MX uh, Ligia final that took place last weekend, uh, Cruz Azul versus Santos Laguna. And then Sunday, the plan is to obviously have another Brasileiro episode, but also perhaps get a couple other episodes recorded between Sunday and Monday. So much to cover, so much football going on. We got CONCACAF Nations League to review. We've got to check in with MLS at some point. We've also got the UEFA Euro U21 tournament going on. The final is this Sunday, and it's it's my Portugal taking on Germany. It should be very exciting. Um, it's going to be going on at the same time as a, a number of Brasileiro matches. Plus, uh, we we've got to check out we got to check out uh, the Liga Argentina as well. Although Argentina right now is suspended, but we got the rest of South America that we got to pay homage to. Plus, South American World Cup qualifying matches also going on. Just so much football to talk about. In the next week to week and a half. And then we are into the tournaments. We are into the Euro 2020 and the Copa America. So a lot of content coming your way in the coming weeks here on the PTV Media Network and the Parking the Bus podcast. All right. That's going to do it for me today. I will talk to you soon again. This has been the Mr. Mike Agustinu signing off now for the Parking the Bus podcast, episode 40. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time when we talk about Mexico. And we'll talk, maybe we'll talk uh, CONCACAF Nations League in that episode. Maybe we won't. I don't know. There's That's another final on Sunday. USA taking on Mexico. So I'm not sure yet how I'm gonna how I'm going to space that out. Um, like I said, follow on Twitter and I'll probably announce it there. Okay. Thank you again for listening and I'll catch you next time here on parking the bus.